Hey everybody, this is Chris Carlson and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Coggle. Mike, how are we doing today? Chris, we're doing fantastic. How are you in the great Northwest? There's not a cloud in the sky, so by default it makes it a wonderful day in the Northwest. So it's kind of like living in Denver, Colorado all the time today. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> good to be with you. Likewise. So today, income protection specifically are the things that we like to discuss and hopefully our goal is to make these podcasts relevant to your business and your practice. I had the opportunity last night, which I do, and I'm not overly politically motivated one way or the other, so this is not a podcast about politics. But one thing that caught me last night in the world of income protection and disability insurance was every single human being that living in the United States seems to have an opinion about health insurance whether it's Medicare for all, whether it's keep your health plan. If you're 170 million that own it, you can have it. That's not my concern or my conversation. Chris, what really got me to thinking last night was we constantly talk in this country. It's the number one or two in the political debate. A president can be determined over health care, which I find extremely interesting. Because what I always tell people, Chris, is I think what most people have in America, most people have in America, is nothing more than a health insurance policy. They do not have a health insurance plan. I'd like you to take that statement of mine and, and further it along and give the audience an idea, talking about relevant situations today, health insurance, and where you can go with the world of income protection and sales. That's a great point, Mike, and I, I think it's something we said in our last episode about a policy with a plan, and one of the things that, that I talk about with talking with producers that they can have a conversation with their clients, you know, is ask them, do they have a half of a health insurance plan or a whole health, health insurance plan? And, of course, the, the, the response is, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you have a health half of a health insurance plan, i.e., you have medical insurance, either that you're paying for as an individual or your company's paying for you. If something happens to you, people get paid. The hospital gets paid if you go to the hospital. The doctor gets paid when you go see him or her. The pharmacy gets paid, you know, when you get the drugs to help in your recovery. But there's nothing in that health insurance policy that pays you to cover your expenses if you are if you miss work. And so when we go from a health, half of a health insurance plan to a full health insurance plan, now we want to do is add in that income protection plan that makes sure that the most important person in this entire ecosystem gets paid, and that's you. So health insurance is a policy that's half of a health insurance plan, and we need to make sure that our clients have a full health insurance plan, if you will, by combining the two. And I think you and I have talked about that with producers for many, many years. We have, and, and one of, you know, and we're not here to to tout stats or be statisticians, but, and it's not a number, but one of the highest causes of bankruptcy in the United States of America is what? Accidents or illnesses and not allowed to go to work. That doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have medical insurance. What happens is, is if you're suddenly diagnosed with a dread disease, unfortunately, I would never wish any disease upon anybody, but I've lost friends as you have. You're suddenly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and you've got 36 months to live. You're never going to work again. 
what do you do? The medical insurance will take care of, of the treatment. Who pays for your house? This is where the bankruptcies come in, and you will hear it be debated, whether it's Bernie Sanders, Mike Bloomberg. It doesn't matter. Any of the candidates or the current president of the United States, the conversation's always the same. Well, you know, we have all these bankruptcies. We have all of these problems because of medical insurance. If the medical, if I have medical insurance, they're going to pay for my treatment. Fair. They're going to pay for your treatment. But who's going to pay for your house? Who's going to pay for your car? Who's going to pay for tuition? Who's going to pay for, as you know what I learned from a small company many years ago that was phenomenal. Who's going to pay for mortgage utilities and gas? They like to call it mud. Who's going to pay for that? That goes back to our first episode. Yes, sooner or later, you know what? There ain't going to be no bake sales for the cocktail kids and the casseroles are going to stop coming. People get busy. Life gets in the way. This is the most important piece that you can possibly have. If you have to go to an emergency room and they'll take you in, we, they will not turn you out. It's against the law, right? If you have, without medical insurance, if you have to go to an emergency room, somebody's going to look at you. Exactly. The piece that we're oftentimes missing is the second piece to that puzzle. Is, you know what, I always tell people, everybody's on the list except for you. And the easy way to finish this, this conversation, Chris, because we've only been talking about it for five minutes and we're elaborating. It's really a three minute conversation. So again, in the first episode, we said best part time job you can ever have. It's a three minute conversation. How much do you spend a month on medical insurance, Chris? You don't mind me asking for you and your family. Mine, Mike, is, so it's really interesting that age my kids. So now it's my wife and I. And we have a high deductible plan. And so our premiums for the high deductible plan are $1,200 a month. $1,200 a month. And that $1,200, as you already mentioned, pays everybody else's bills, right? Because the doctor gets paid through insurance. Absolutely. So your premiums pay the doctor and they pay everybody else to treat you. So we get that. So $1,200 a month. Everybody's on that list getting paid in the event you get hurt or sick and you'd like to be well taken care of, of course. So how much are you willing to spend? Just a question, and this is an easy question to ask your clients. How much would you be willing to spend a month? Remember, you're spending, and this is where you have to reiterate a couple of times what it costs a month. 1200 a month is what it costs you right now to make sure that everybody gets paid. And this is where practice comes in, Chris. You have to say it a couple of times so it's heard. People don't pay attention. Our attention spans, they say, are that of a goldfish. Remember that study from Microsoft? Absolutely. So we don't have long attention spans. Point is, you say $1,200 a month. How much are you willing to spend? You're spending 1200 to make sure everybody gets paid except for you. How much are you willing to spend to put yourself on the list? It's an easy question, and here's what the hard part. Whoever speaks first loses. You have to wait until somebody gives you an answer. And it will seem like an eternity, but it will really only take three to five seconds. Somebody says, I don't know, I'd probably spend 400 a month. Chris, let me ask you a quick question. Does $400 a month, because they're thinking of 12, to pay everybody else. So they want to matter. So they're going to pay 400 a month. Chris, simple question back to you. Does a $400 a month buy a pretty good disability insurance contract? Boy, I tell you what, it is going to buy a kick butt disability insurance product. So along that line or in, 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 along those lines, what would you say is the average? If you took somebody's gross income a year, what would you say the percentage it costs them to replace somewhere between, if we call it tax-free, let's just call it in the world of individuals, around 75% of their take-home pay. What percentage of their income would you say 
it would cost them a year to replace around 75% of their income tax. You know, Mike, if we just take kind of the mean age, it would be 2%. 2%. So if I make a $10,000 a month, you're telling me that it's 200 a month. Yep. Not 400. Right. So I was willing to do 400, Chris, but you're telling me for a regular kind of normal white collar, because I have to, we'll, and we'll teach this as we go on, jobs do change, and so does premium with job titles and other things. So for an everyday run-of-the-mill Mike Cogdell's job, it's going to be around 200 a month on a $10,000 monthly income. Yep. You know, Mike, i got to hit the pause button for a second, and I want everybody to understand what just happened. What Mike did was he just asked questions. Right, just asking questions and the brilliance of it, Mike, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is that instead of running countless quotes and proposals with all kinds of policy features and different options, you basically got a prospect, in this case me, to commit to a premium that I was willing to pay. I said, call it $400, but now at least they've made a commitment to make sure that they're on the list that they're protected, that they're going to receive compensation in the event that they get hurt or sick. Now you can go back and do the run the proposals, but you already got a premium to play with as opposed to taking a premium out first. People are shocked how much disability insurance costs because they haven't been exposed to it before. And then you get into this kind of a, you go down a rat hole trying to convince them that they should pay that. You, you reversed it by asking questions and getting them to give you a premium. And Chris, that's 100% correct. You and I live in the real world like everybody else. I understand that oftentimes the response is going to be, I need to think about it. And when somebody says that, that is when if you think you've got a prospect that you want to become a client of yours, you have to say, okay, when can we get together and I will get you some real numbers. You do not need a proposal ever to sell the concept of disability insurance or income protection. I always tell people, you should not do anything until the bobblehead shakes. And we know the bobblehead shakes its head up and down. When somebody is agreeing with you, all you have to do is put a timetable on it, and that's your part B to this job is like, is it okay if I come back, this is Wednesday, is it okay if I come back Friday for 10 minutes, or we even talk over the phone and, and I'll send you the numbers, but you'll at least have the numbers and you'll know what we're talking about. Because remember what we said in the first episode, what the client really needs to know is when it starts, how long it lasts, what they get, and what it costs. You do not need to do a deep dive. I always tell people this, Chris, and I've been saying this for 25 years. You tell me what's on the third page of your homeowner's policy, and I'll go deep on the disability insurance policy with you. You know, Mike, there's no question. And I think the one exception is occasionally you'll have a doctor or dentist say something like, well, does it protect me in my specialty or my own occupation? And that's just because some other producer has been in there touting that as a provision. But other than that scenario, those are the four key things that people want to know. And to your point, the next time I read my homeowner's insurance policy will be the first one, first time, by the way. And I think that that's true for people when it comes to disability insurance. Chris, what I've always said, and you just hit the nail right on the head, somebody will ask you, a couple of questions. Um, you don't need to be a disability insurance expert to answer those questions. There are a lot of disability experts around the country. There's, there, there's, you and I know hundreds of them ourselves that, you know, this is all we do. We're like the talking heads of disability. 
the answer to somebody that asks you a question is, does this cover me in my specialty? I always tell people, and let's assume that it's an orthopedic. I like to use orthopedics as an example. It's like, sir, this is what I do for a living. I will get you the best policy and design it for an orthopedic surgeon, specifically for your profession. You don't have to worry about that. And you know what the client says? Thank you. That's awesome. There, that's the end of it. Then you can go get the details and you can figure out the stuff after the fact. Sir, I do this for a living. I'm only going to design a policy specifically with an orthopedic surgeon in mind because that's what you do for a living. You don't have to worry about that. And guess what? The answer, I've done this hundreds of times, Chris. You know what people say back? Thank you. That's it. Thank you. And then it's like, okay, I got work to do. It's kind of like one of those building contractors. I got work to do. I'm going to go get some stuff done right now. I'll see you in two days, and we can have this conversation, and we'll get real numbers. You know, Mike, it reminds me of the conversation that we've had over the years regarding the uh, the car mechanic. When oh. he says, you got to have your brakes replaced. You know, we don't ask him to do a spreadsheet of brake pads. If he tells us the brakes, you know, need to be replaced after we say a curse word, then we kind of say is, can you get it done today and how much is this going to cost? And so what, what I think is really phenomenal is that in this industry, we get outsold by car mechanics because for some reason, you know, we, we think it's that what we have to do is go get a bunch of quotes and compare four or five different companies and then say, here's what I've, I, I've come up with. And they always go straight to the lowest cost as opposed to the approach that you use was basically, look, I'm the expert. Just like people don't ask about the brake pads, you know, people really don't give, give a crap about the policy. They just want to know, you know, if I make the analogy, the car is going to stop. And in this case is that income's going to, going to come in if should something happen to me. And we, we tend to overthink this thing way too much. Well, you and I, go back 30 some years and we, we, we learned this quote and we're going to stick with this throughout the entire duration of this podcast. And it's going to be simple beats complicated every time. You know, I tell people I'm an expert snow shoveler, but there's a whole lot of other people that are expert snow shovelers too. Point being, you can get all the information at your fingertips in five minutes. So you can become an expert. But the client needs to understand that what you're going to do is take care of them specifically. They're the only, it's between four eyes, as you and I like to say. You're only talking to them. As long as they understand that you have identified the problem, they agree that it exists, and you're going to solve it, there's not a lot left to do. You can get all the details you want, and if somebody wants to talk about every single feature or benefit, you will have it at your beck and call, either on your iPad, your computer, your phone, or in a 35-page proposal. So the information's there, but that comes after somebody has agreed that there's a problem and you and that person together can solve. That's, so, that's our goal of this entire podcast is to help everybody get comfortable with having the best part-time job you could ever have. So what you're saying is our, our job is to help them to get their bobbleheads bobbing, huh? Exactly, Chris. That's all it really takes. You know what? There's so many people around the country, around the country, and if anybody ever wants to get a hold of us, we can give you names of anybody in any city that's an expert in this field that can help you get to where you need to be because your clients still have the same problem today that they'll have tomorrow if we don't identify it and try to fix it and solve it for them. Or give them, as you and I like to say, give them the opportunity to say yes. If somebody says no, there's nothing you can do about it. You did your best. So, Mike, there's one thing I want to talk about before we get out of here today. 
And I want to reemphasize something that you said. You talked about the three-minute conversation. That's all that it really takes. So I believe that this is our challenge to our listeners. Your job is to go out and have as many three-minute conversations as you can. Because if you do, you will make a crap pot full of money and you will be providing great service to your clients. Would you agree? Chris, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, at the end of our session here, here's what's going to happen more often than not. If you lead with this, and I know full financial planning, I agree with all of it. I, I've been in the business, I don't know how many years, 30-some. I'm a COU, CHFC, as you are. I've got financial planners that do my work because there's certain things that I'm not an expert in. That's okay. But my point is, if somebody buys this from you, the next question they're going to ask is what else you do. Remember, you're a risk protection specialist first. You got to do risk protection planning before you do financial planning. You, you need to. It's the right way to do. We've all seen the pyramid, which we'll discuss in further episodes, but you've got to do that. And what will happen is the client will ask you what else you do. I alluded to that client earlier today that's been working with me for 25 years. This is a, this is an interesting and kind of a funny statement. I said, so you just do disability. No, I do life insurance because they ask me to. And I go, how much life insurance did you do last year in commissions? I really didn't do that much, Mike. I only, only did about 300,000 in commissions last year in term life insurance. Only. <laughs> I, that's what I did. I laughed and I said, you're a very interesting human being. <laughs> you know, Mike, maybe on our next episode, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you can use disability insurance as a lead-in in your prospecting and business development efforts and to make that first sale, which will help you make a lot of additional sales. So does that sound like a good plan? Chris, I think we pick up where we left off, and I think that's exactly what we need to do. So for the next episode, we're going to continue down our path of trying to enlighten every listener with sales ideas that we know are effective and work. Because they're not sales ideas. What they are is they're little nuggets of education. Perfect. I look forward to the next episode, Mike. Chris, enjoy the rest of the week, and thanks so much.